Okay, it is the BJ Show. I am Brad, and he is John. Uh, right before we went to the break, I mentioned about the fact that in the mail yesterday, I got my new pocket constitution from the Hillsdale College. And once again, read the entire thing. Pretty interesting. And uh, John, you mentioned about a story. What's this about in Springfield? Yeah, so in, in Springfield this year, there's a group that, that a lot of listeners are probably familiar with or at least have heard of called Moms for Liberty. And uh, they're a national group, and there happens to be a uh, chapter in Greene County, which is in the southwest part of the state. It's where best known for Springfield. And every school, every school district in Greene County agreed to hand out pocket constitutions. So Moms for Liberty would pay for pocket constitutions to be given to anybody who wanted one in, in the public school. The only school district in, in all of Greene County that declined to hand out the pocket constitutions were, was the Springfield Public School District, which happens to be the largest school district in the state of Missouri. Now, where Brad and I went, the elite college preparatory district known as Hazelwood School District, <laughs> formerly was, was the biggest district uh, many years ago, but now it's Springfield Public Schools. And the Springfield Public Schools uh, explain that there's a whole bureaucratic procedure that needs to be followed to a T before any flyers could be handed out. And Moms for Liberty uh, essentially called BS on that. And uh, so that so that issue is in limbo now. So the good news is Moms for Liberty was able to supply other Greene County public school students with a copy of the Constitution. And there was no other, as I understand it, there was no Moms for Liberty propaganda, you know, s- sneakily inserted into the Constitution. It was just a generic pocket constitution and Springfield uh, public schools threw a flag and said no I, I I'll be honest with you I don't understand that I how could you complain or not allow the Constitution to be given to now first off there's a question there that wouldn't you think the school district would already have that where you know where they would have that as part as in there I mean I guess my frustration is that my mom was at one point in time a school librarian. And matter mm-hmm. of fact, she was librarian at Kirby Junior High. And my mom, who had an interesting career, my mom uh, was very much um, an interesting woman. My mom was, was women's lib before women's lib was women's lib. My mom, uh, if we went somewhere and we got bad service or something happened, and uh, my mom would look at me and she goes, I still remember like it happened yesterday. She goes, you know what the problem here is, don't you? I go, oh, I already knew. I go, I don't know. Some dumb man's in charge. Some dumb man, okay? Because men ruled the world, and this is back in the day, and men were dumb. And to a certain extent, men are dumb, but that's a whole other story. But the idea being is that there was never any controversy about the books that she had in her library. She was the assistant librarian. She went back to school. She was a she graduated from Washington University, just like you, John. My mom and dad both graduated yeah. from Washington. My daughter's WashU law grad. Anyway, my mom... Um, she went and got, at the time it was called, you know, they changed the names of everything. Remember, during the course of our, our lives, uh, it used to be MIS, Management Information Systems, right, and now, yeah. it's, now sure. it's IT, you know, you know that kind of yeah. stuff. Okay, uh, back then it was called, I think it was called Library Sciences. And yeah, that makes sense. She got her master's degree in that, and she got a job as the assistant librarian up at Kirby and did it for several years. And there was never any controversy because... The kind of books that they're talking about now, that would never have been in the library. You know what I'm saying? I mean, all these crazy. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and what absolutely what cracks me up is you see these there was one i saw the other day i watch a lot of youtube stuff and there's a lady who's at the school board and she's you know in public comment uh part of the meeting and she's up at the podium and she opens up this book that has a it's literally like a playboy centerfold and it's mm-hmm. in a book but it's not and if, for those of you, you know, younger members of the audience Playboy was renowned for the fact that the Playmate of the Month, you unfolded the 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 page. What is it? Three pages? Like I think you it, know, Brad. I you know I wouldn't know, but from what I hear, it was a trifold. Fivefold. I'm told. Okay, you would unfold the centerfold, and it would be a naked woman laying down in a bed or something like that. Okay, so she essentially unfurls this page. Out of a book, I believe this was a middle school library, and it's got a naked woman on it. Mm-hmm. And as she's unfolding this, one of the police officers who, not a security guard, but one of the police officers who is, I guess, you know, being there to make sure that fisticuffs don't break out, goes over and takes the book away from her and folds it back up. And the people on the school board chastise her for allowing for, because they said, you know, this is being broadcast. You know, there's the video camera. And I'm going like, okay, she just made her point. You know? Yeah, if, oh, absolutely. If, you, if the police come over and close the book on you, take the book away from you, and you get chastised for having a picture that's not suitable to be on the public access channel, you know, along with Wayne's World and stuff like that. I mean, we got a problem, don't you think? Well, yeah, absolutely. And so there was a controversy that folks might have heard of back in September at the St. Charles City County Library. There was essentially, and I'll be very careful how I say this, Brad, there was a book that was available at the library for kids that instructed uh, uh, same-sex involvement, let's say. And it was a how-to guide. And one of the groups that opposed that, again, was Moms for Liberty, the Post-Dispatch book – uh, book reviewer talked about how free speech heroes were standing up against hateful groups and that all these folks want to do is just be able to have a nice, clean, same-sex instructional book in a public library. But exactly to your point, Brad, when someone has the audacity to stand up and say, hey, here's what this book's about, suddenly they're, suddenly you know the, the other side starts projecting and calls them perverts and – you know, uh, <laughs> all, all kinds of names. Well, I think the thing that bothers me is that, and and when I was with Shelly, Shelly, if I could, if there's one thing that I could always talk about, and Shelly would just get so mad at me, I have a bachelor's and a master's degree, okay? Yep. In journalism. Yep. Two worthless degrees. Mm-hmm. Because nobody practices journalism. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. For the most part, hardly anybody practices journalism. Because true journalism is not what you see today. Uh, of course tr- not. True journalism is... Uh, you know, you always have at least two sources. How many times do you see articles and you know, in in you know, on websites and and on the the TV, you know, the the cable news channels and things like that, where people say things that's like, what? You know, yeah. you know it's, it's just and, and you know, most folks who who spend at least a few minutes a day scrolling a social media site or browsing YouTube will see that the traditional journalist has been replaced by a content creator. And that's more than just nomenclature. That's more than just what we call them. They're just literally producing content 
that might be factual, it might be opinion, it might be entertaining, and you have to draw eyeballs to it. Well, so take so a lot a lot of these what you know thirty years ago a role that would be a traditional journalist uh, has been replaced by somebody that's really good at clickbait headlines, really good at identifying a controversial part of a story that can get clicks, and that's what's happened to modern journalism. Well, I'll give a personal story on this, and this is this is this is maybe anecdotal, but this is what I and and this is interesting because of the fact that I saw this up close and personal years ago on our AM station. We changed the callers to crap, K-R-A-P, okay? Yep. And we made it sports, okay? So Dan Caesar, you know who Dan Caesar is, right? I do, yeah. Dan Caesar is an editor for the Post-Dispatch, and he also writes columns about sports media, and he's really good at what he does. He's a media, he was originally their media critic, and then, yeah. Right, right. So I send him a little information about what I'm doing, and he started, says, hey, he says, this is interesting. Let's have lunch. So he, he actually takes me to lunch. We have a really nice time. You know, he interviews me, takes a bunch of notes and stuff like that. Um, and he bought lunch and a whole bit. I'm going, like, man, this can't get any better. So he writes this really funny column about me and the radio station crap. And he puts all these crazy quotes in there about, you know, that we're a 500,000 milliwatt station. You know, all sorts of stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> so he did the research. And I have to say, there were only a couple things in the article. I'd go, oh, I don't know about that. You know, I mean, I mean, you know, things he said, which he took maybe a slight editorial license and a couple things, which I was fine with. I mean, the big point of the story was I got a nice ride up in the Post Dispatch, and ironically, the end of that year, I was on one of his top things that happened in sports. You wow, know, in sports that awesome. year. So, what happened after that was, over the course of probably a month, I had all sorts of people send me articles on the web that were like on this website, this website, this website, this website, this blog, and I'd never spoken to any of those people. And all of a sudden, all, yep. all, they, all they did was they just rewrote Dan Caesar's article. You Absolutely. Know, nobody called me to verify any of the facts. Nobody called me, you know, I mean, nobody called. And I'm going like, how can you do this? I mean, back in the day, a guy that I worked with for a short period of time, actually for maybe a couple of years, John Auble. Remember John Auble? Absolutely, yeah. He was a television icon. John Auble was the reporter's reporter. I mean, John Auble was the guy. He was, back in the day, for a while, he was our morning news guy on the old KSLQ. I don't know if we switched over to Y98 at that point. We might have been KY98. I can't remember. But he was our morning news guy. And I sometimes would go in the newsroom and just to listen, this guy worked the phone. I mean, he would get on the phone, and wow. he, he he had, back in the day, he had a Rolodex. Remember the old Rolodexes? Yeah. <laughs> Which had been rep replaced by, you know, your phone with your, your, your contacts your list. Your contacts yeah. list, the whole bit. He had a Rolodex, and something happened. He'd spin that Rolodex around. There was a card or, you know, little notes and stuff like that. He'd get on the phone. He'd roll the tape, records, you know, you know, hey, hey Mr. So-and-so, you know, this happened the other day at your place. Tell me exactly what happened. And talking about having friends in the police department, he would he knew sergeants, captains, lieutenants, yep. beat officers and the whole bit. He would call these guys and talk to them and say, okay, I heard him say this before. Now, tell me what really happened. <laughs> yeah. And Brad, do you know, I, I don't mean to cut your story short, but do you know why you don't have John Albles anymore? Well, I got an idea, but I want to hear yours. My idea is that what John did at that period of time involved, number one, it involved effort, and it involved an investment in time that might not pay off that day, 
so he might have a conversation with Fire Chief Neil Svetanix in April, and it doesn't pay off until June. So today, folks want you know the immediate story. You got to crank out if you're KSDK. You got to crank out your five pieces of content a day and feed the machine. And also, it requires you to leave your desk and go out and actually look a human being in the eye many times and have a conversation. Now, if you want to know why that doesn't happen, go to any eating establishment or any bar uh, in the evening. And look at how many kids in their 20s just had their neck craned down looking at their phone. Well, and and what I heard the other day was, um, and this is sort of one of these things where you start, when you hear this, you sort of cringe. And once again, I'm a guy who years ago, when I used to be, I used to be a guest speaker several times a year at Logan College of Chiropractic. Yep. Doctors uh, Borali, uh, Dr. Ralph Borali used to have me all in talk about marketing and things like that. And most of the students in there would like, you know, in their late twenties, early thirties. And I was always amazed at, 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 you know, what they, and I would ask them questions. But one of the things I said was a long time ago, and they, you know, one guy says, what do you think the future of marketing is going to be on the internet? And I go, TikTok. This was like maybe five or six years ago. Wow. And somebody wow. went, TikTok. Then nobody ever heard of it before. And once again, I'm yeah. one of these I'm one of these bleeding edge kind of guys at times where I get into stuff. I go like, wow, look at this. And what I heard yesterday was for adults, twelve essentially twelve to twenty four. Let's call that demographic. Their number one source of news is TikTok. Believe it. I read the same. <laughs> I read the same thing yesterday, Brian, before bed last night. You yep. go. This is run by the Chinese government, you know, and yeah. I know people will, will fight back and they go, oh, no, it's not. It's the Chinese government. Absolutely. This is the Absolutely Chinese is. government. And, and the conundrum for marketers today is that it's a space that you have to be because that's where attention is. Exactly. And are you willing to give up all of your personal information, all of your data right. to the Chinese government in exchange for those eyeballs? And, you know, inside corporations every day, they're having that conversation now, Brad. I, you know, and I, I get it. You know, and the politicians as well, too. I mean, it's a it's a field that yeah. you, you didn't see any of the politicians it's just like. You know, I get I get myself in trouble. Did I tell you that that recently? I don't know if I should tell this. Well, I don't have much time. Did I tell you that I in in September I was invited to candidate uh, candidate school for the 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 general uh, the the GOP uh, the Republican Party in St. Charles County? Did I tell you the story? No, you didn't. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> hey, maybe we you know maybe we tell it tomorrow. <laughs> Because also there was there's a great story in the Missouri in the in the Washington Missourian over the weekend about how the central committee in Franklin County wants to set up a vetting process where they essentially have to give a candidate a stamp of approval before they can even appear on the ballot. Boy, I have a problem with that. How about you? <laughs> well, it's you know, and and you know who else has a problem with it is the Missouri Republican Party. Yeah, I so do. it's quite an inter internecine battle uh, among Republicans there. Okay, we got to go. Got to hit some things here. Uh, John, appreciate it. First day, I'll send you the tape. We'll move on, and tomorrow morning, seven o'clock, same time, same channel. Right. Bye, everybody. We'll be there. It's eight o'clock.